Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, we have been doing a series on building God's kingdom. We are up to the part where we're looking at practical steps to evangelizing, six in fact. We looked at three of them last week. I was trying to get through all six of them last week. That wasn't going to happen. Um, remember <laughs> step one, live it. That was so important. You know, that, that, that was step one because it is number one. Um, you really need to live this life. And, you know, remember again that you are an epistle. In fact, how did we put it? Um, your lives are a letter that everyone can read. It is a letter from Christ himself written with the spirit of the living God. Amen? Don't, don't ever underestimate the testimony of your life itself just by being who you are. And be the best you can be. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I am not going to go through all this. Um, just a quick review. Remember the second thing. So you live it. Number two, you learn it. You need to, um, you know, you need to take time to find out what it is that God has. Remember, try to remember all the things God has done. We are just champions at forgetting, aren't we? Of course, we remember the one bad thing that happened. Dear God, and we talk about it forever. But the hundred good things that happen, yeah, whatever. You know, please, <laughs> honor the Lord and just remember those things and give Him praise and give Him thanks because that's the doorway for God to just keep blessing you. Amen? All right. <clears throat> so that's, that's the part when that was step number two, learn it. And also remember that you do this in a gentle and respectful way. We looked at that in 1 Peter chapter 3 in verse 16. So you want to do it nicely. Number three, we talked about apologizing for not sharing uh, sooner. And I'd like to add guide them because we, we looked at some scriptures that said the righteous person is a guide to his friends. Amen. And so we're there to guide people. We're not to force people in any way or form. We're just there to show them the way. If they're interested, if your life has been speaking and they want to know, you know, what it is that makes you special, you need to have an answer and you need to do it gently and respectfully. Amen. Today, we need to get to today. <laughs> okay. Number four, listen first and ask questions. Okay. All right. You will always bring more people to Christ by listening to them than by talking to them. Now, this is exactly opposite to what evangelizing says you should do. You know, evangelizing usually is you, you, you trap some poor individual and then you talk their head off and then, you know, and, and just, you just do your thing and then you feel happy because you've done your thing and, you know, God will say, you did your thing. That's okay now. No, that's not how this works. Remember, we are to be all things to all people. We're there to listen, not to dump. Amen. And so it is so important to understand that you need to find the key to their heart. Remember, this relates back. This, it's all related, okay? You need to find the key to their, to their heart. Remember, that's an un, unmet need, all right, or a hidden hurt. And you need, everybody's got one. Do you know why? Because Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he has left nobody untouched. He's attacked everybody. And so everybody's got hurts in their life. I don't care what they look like. There is something in there. <clears throat> And so you need to know that. And also, I've, <laughs> let me just read some of my notes. So again, I've said you'll always bring more people to Christ by listening to them than by talking to them. Why? Because everybody on this planet has a deep, deep hunger to be really listened to, to be understood, 
to have their feelings validated. Did you get all of that? And very few people in this world care enough to actually listen to their neighbors, their friends, and even their family. It is, a, it is a fact, family. A lot of times people just, you know, they're too busy with what's wrong with their life. And they're waiting for the other person to stop talking so that they can tell them what they want to say. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Um, that's why people pay lots of money to go to counselors. Because very few people actually care enough to listen to them. Now, in Matthew chapter 13, in verse 15, I'm, I'm going to warn you. Um, <laughs> there are some scriptures I will take that normal, will mean something normally a little bit you know, different, but they, ha- they carry the sentiment that I want. Okay, so I'm letting you know that I'm, I'm one of those people that teach line upon line, precept upon precept, and I hate it when people take scriptures out of context. Okay, I am that person, all right? So it's difficult sometimes for me to take something and use it in sort of a more of a left-hand way because it is, you know, I've learned something about scriptures. They have one interpretation, okay? You can interpret it one way, but they have a million applications. You all know the difference, okay? So there are principles in things that Jesus says. He may use it, to, to talk about something, perhaps somebody receiving the word or whatever, but that principle apply, applies across the board. Amen. And you begin to realize, my goodness, just the way people approach the word and approach God is a lot of times the way people approach other people and their life. Are you all here? You know, if you're deaf to God, then you're deaf to everybody around you. If you're paying attention to God, then you're paying attention to people around you. It's principles. And so I'm, I'm working on principles today. Allow me to do that, okay? You might say, well, that's not correct interpretation. Yeah, yeah, but I'm using it as an application, okay? So in Matthew chapter 13, in verse 15, there's a principle brought out here when Jesus says, for the hearts of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. This is from the New King James. Now, you could keep reading, but that's what I want to bring out. I want you to notice that he describes people's hearts as being dull, and he says their ears are hard of hearing. Now, he is talking about, you know, receiving the word of God. But, you know, people that have dull hearing, okay, dull hearts and, and hard of hearing, are the same way with people as well. They don't hear what people are saying. Are you all with me? <clears throat> Your ear is a great tool for showing love. And there is a blessing attached to it. Now, I like what Jesus says in Matthew 13, 16. Again, it's the principle, okay, that I'm focusing on. He says, but blessed are your eyes because they see. And blessed are your ears because they hear. Do you know there's a blessing upon eyes that see and a blessing upon ears that hear? Are you with me? And when I say they hear, they actually hear. You know when people say, I hear you? Okay, they're saying, listen, I get it. I know what you're saying. I'll pray for you. Do something to help you, okay? This is true whether you are listening to God and the gospel or listening to people and their hurts and needs. It is the same loving, caring heart behind both. Did you get that? Even the apostle James encourages us in James chapter 1. In verses 19 and 20, these are verses you're very familiar with. But I had to include them here. James says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be... This is ladies too, okay? Every man be swift to hear. Swift, this is the one I want to focus on. Swift to hear. 
We are swift to do the other things. But he says, you know what? No, be swift to hear. Do you know what hearing is? It means you don't open your mouth. <laughs> okay, all right? You're actually listening to somebody else. So he says, be swift to hear. And that's when it, why he says, just in case you missed it, slow to speak and slow to wrath. That's anger, okay? He says, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So even the apostle James understood the importance of listening to people. Be, swift, be quick to listen. Be quick to be there to hear and to see what's going on in the person's life if you need to do something there. You know, a lot of times the anointing on your life will draw things out of people. Have you been at the grocery store and, you know, you, you're paying and somebody just starts telling you all their problems? And you're thinking, dear God, I want to buy my onions and leave. You know, you know, whatever. And, you know, there is an anointing on you. They feel safe. There's a greater one that is in you than he that's in the world, and they sense things around you. And so they feel safe around and comfortable around this start talking to you. Of course, you're in a hurry. <laughs> Be swift to hear. Take a few extra minutes. You know, some days we need to ask ourselves the question, what does it cost to take a few extra minutes? And I'm talking just minutes to just stay there and listen to someone. What's it going to cost you? Think about that. Because we are all in such a hurry. And I live a hurried life. This is coming from a you know, champion who hurries everywhere. Okay, I, My brain is like this. That's why I talk so fast. All right? <laughs> okay? But you know, there are times when I just slow right down. And on purpose... Do you all hear what I'm saying? And we need to do that on purpose. Okay, anyway. Because people need that. It is only by listening do you find out what's on people's heart. Especially since Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 45, For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. That is a principle. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Every single person on this planet, out of the abundance of their heart, their mouth is speaking. Do you know? That's how you know what's on people's hearts, by what they say. Because as soon as they open their mouth, they'll just tell you what's on their <laughs> They are actually expressing their heart to you. So listen, listen, listen. All right. So I've said here again, this is how you learn about what's important to people and where they need God the most. By allowing them the time to share what's on their heart and as the Spirit leads, perhaps even drawing things out of them that they need to get off their chest by asking questions. So this is the second part. Remember I said listen first, and then I said ask questions, okay? In Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5, in today's English version, I love this. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 5, it says, A person's thoughts are like water in a deep well, but someone with insight can draw them out. I like this version because it does such a brilliant job. Did you get that? Okay. A person's thoughts are like water in a deep well. And that's true. You know, people's thoughts go deep. They run deep. Okay. But watch, it says, but someone with insight, I have seen this happen over and over again. All right. Someone with insight can draw them out by listening 
and then asking questions, you can draw things out of people that they will not normally ever reveal. But you need to give them time. They need to talk. Do you hear what I'm saying? Amen. Again, this is how you find their hidden hurt or unmet need. And even after they've answered your question, listen, if the Spirit leads, learn to say, well, tell me more. Okay? Or even what else? Some days you just, this is how you draw it out. Because, you know, sometimes they'll finish talking, they go, I think I've said too much already. I, you know, I'm just talked your head off. <laughs> okay? And it's like, no, 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 tell me more. It's okay. That will shock them to start with. But it'll also show that you care. And please don't do it because I told you to do it. Because Master said, tell me more. So I'll just switch off until they finish talking and then I'll switch back on and go, tell me more and switch back. <laughs> okay, don't do stuff. Why do you say it? People do stuff like that. They become mechanical in things. This is, remember again, we are to show love. For God so loved the world that he gave. And we need to so love in the same way, because we are his children, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, you know, we are, that we are now the children of God, okay? That's, that's uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 combined, okay? But see, we, still, we all have the Father's love in us, because we belong to him now. Our DNA changed. And so out of love, we do all of this. And we need to learn how to do it from a place of love, not mechanical, Okay. I keep reiterating that because it is so important. At the end of the day, it's your job, again, as the Spirit leads, to simply show the grace of God to them. Amen? You are God's grace to them. Let's move on to the next one. Step number five. A fifth thing that you can practice is share your stories. Okay? <laughs> These are testimonies, all right? You know, you don't have to go to the Bible for everything. Just share what happened to you. You know, sometimes you want to say, well, in Luke chapter whatever, okay, don't go to Luke yet. Okay, leave Luke, you know, Matthew, Luke, and John and everybody alone for a minute and just talk to people about you. What does Jim have to say today? What does Natasha have to say today? What does Chrissy have to say today? You know, what does Vandana have to say? What is it in your life? Okay, because there's something very powerful here that I want to bring out. You have, you know, you have a lot of testimonies. You don't only have the testimony how you came to Christ. A lot of stuff happened after you came to Christ. Did you notice? In fact, we take a lot of stuff for granted after we come to Christ. You know, when I first came to Christ, I did, to me, I was shocked at how well things were going after I came to the Lord. But then I got used to it. Come on now. And then I was upset about the thing that went wrong. On the other side of Christ, I used to be, oh, thank God, something went right. <laughs> on this side of Christ, it's like, what? One thing went wrong? What happened? What happened, Jesus? Where were you on vacation? You know, you know, we slap, slap. Okay, I'm slapping myself. That's very naughty. But this is what happens. We have so many testimonies now. We take it for granted that everything should work. Hmm? I could give you testimony after, just in the last two weeks, I could give you about a hundred testimonies, okay, of some amazing things that have happened, and some things that didn't go quite right, but then I saw the wisdom in why it didn't go right, that something else got fixed that I didn't know existed. Amen. You know, some days you start complaining, and then you think, wait, wait, wait. Now, 
Yes, brother. Because God wants to test you. Oh, shut up. No, because you missed something, dopey. And he's sort of saying, I don't need these. he's a little dense today. We need to get at him some other way. <laughs> you know, We need this fixed. No, I'm serious. You know, I don't ever blame God. Do you know why? Because I have less to apologize to him when I get to heaven. Oh, seriously, there's going to be a lot of people apologizing to God for a long time. You know, we have eternity with him, don't you? Yeah. I want to spend from day one being happy, okay? Not going, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, okay? <laughs> it's just like, let's not go there. I just think the Bible says God is love and God is light and there's no darkness in, in him at all. So let's not attribute any work of darkness or dark thoughts or anything like that to him, shall we? And try to justify it. That's, that's just my two cents worth. Anyway, back to this. Talking about testimonies. All right, this, this is very exciting. <clears throat> you have hundreds of testimonies. Testimonies about maybe your financial, you know, you might have a financial crisis and God just brought you through. I can actually, every single one of these is me, okay? Um, <laughs> a marriage problem, we, we didn't sort of have that. But, you know, <laughs> grief or sickness or depression. You know, we all go through different things. The things that happen in life that you just didn't expect. Making right choices. Do you know that's a huge thing? Sometimes, so many people today are going, please God, don't let me make the wrong choice. You know, especially the one you marry, the house you buy. You know, those are big things. You don't want to mess up on those because that's like 30 years. Or we have to wait till the person dies. You know, <laughs> okay? No, seriously. Some marriages, I'm, you know, I'm just, I just go, dude, <laughs> why? You know, or do that, you know, <laughs> whichever. You just think, why? Why did you marry? Anyway, so, but, and then, they, then they're miserable. And, they, and the happiest day of their life is when the partner drops dead. That's, you don't want that. See, decisions. You need God's wisdom. Amen? <laughs> or stop, so stopping something disastrous from happening to you. There are things that I know for a fact that God just got in the way. I may have left a few minutes late. And then, you know, had I left, I said this to God once. You know, I was, I was, I was praying and I was having a little time with the Lord. And, you know. And suddenly God showed me something. And he said, do you know how much work it takes for the devil to cause an accident to happen? Everybody has to leave at a certain time. Everybody has to be at a precise moment at this point for that accident to take place. Think about it. How many times have you thought, oh my God, had I, had I been the car in front, I'd have been wiped out. Or had I been the one car behind, I'd have been wiped. You know, it's just like, you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, I, I thought about that one day. God brings these things to your mind, you know? And I thought, wow, Lord, you're right. I said, what do you want me to say? He said, throw the timing off. I said, say what? He said, just pray that you just throw the devil's timing off. I said, that's brilliant. He goes, I know I am. No, no, you know, so, no, no, he's not like that. But, you know, you just see the brilliance in that. Because I, I, started, I started to realize. So I used to pray that. So some days, no matter how hard I try, I can't get out of the house at the, the right time. You know, I get a little bit late. Other times I'm early and I'm thinking, what am I doing dressed already? I guess I'll get going. You know, none of those things the devil planned for. Him early? Are you kidding? <laughs> you know? And the demon's are going, yeah, man, he's early. No, we're not making excuses. He really was early. You know, praise God. 
be led by the Spirit. And I don't know how many times, you know, and I even remember one time, the Lord said uh, there were two different ways to go, and I always go a certain way, and He said, today we're going this way. I said, Lord, He said, go this way. I said, oh, okay. And then I see a disaster. I see this horrible, and it's just like, you know, and I think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, I don't want to tell about people's bad fortune, okay? That's why I'm not mentioning too many details. But bad things, very bad things. And I know in my heart, God says, I saved you from that. Because he asked. Do you hear? My people perish for a lack of knowledge. They don't know to ask. So... I thought this was an evangelizing. Yeah, 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 it all is. All right? <laughs> this is the stuff you share with people. These are the things that let people know what you do isn't religious. This is real. This isn't about do's and don'ts. This is about having a relationship with God who talks to you and even tells you when you're driving, do this or do this or go early today or don't, don't say yes to that. They're going to say all sorts of things. <laughs> this has happened too. And he said, don't listen to any of that. You just say this. And the grief that, it, that has saved me is unbelievable. Because you find out about things later on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Remember the devil, subtle and deceptive. Those are his traits. He doesn't come in a big red thing with the little horns and a tail and a pitchfork and go, I'm here. <laughs> you can't forget that. No, no, never like that. Okay. Uh, I've said here, the power of a testimony is that you are the authority. You are not pointing to anyone else but yourself. Nobody is a better authority on your life than you. Did you get all of that? Apart from your own testimonies, there are many testimonies in the Bible that give you a glimpse into what God can do beyond everything you've experienced. I'm just going to give you a few examples here. Remember Peter, first of all. Fished all night. The scripture reference, we're not looking at it, but it's in Luke chapter 5, verses 4 through 8. So this is when he, he fished all night, remember? They, from what I understand, forgive me if I'm wrong, but from what I understand, they fished at night because the fish can't see the net. And so they can catch the fish. In daytime, the fish see the net and go, <laughs> are you stupid? <laughs> okay? So that's why, you know, Pete says, I fished all night, caught nothing. During the day, Jesus says, throw out your net. Remember what happens? He catch, catches a boatload of fish. I mean, his boat was sinking. He calls his partner and says, we can't manage this. This is ridiculous. Can you imagine his testimony? Huh? Something happened to me that was miraculous, supernatural, and impossible. We caught fish during the day. And while everybody else didn't have fish, we had fish that day. And our boat almost sank. And we had so much that we shared it with our partners. See, when God gives, he gives more than enough. Amen? Or the widow who had lost her only son. This, this story always brings a tear to my eyes. This was in Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. And Jesus, knowing this, stops the funeral procession. Remember? And goes and touches the, you don't touch the coffin. You're Jewish, you don't touch stuff like that. Okay? And he puts his hand on it and he, he speaks to it. He brings this kid back alive. And I love when it says, he presented him to his mother. 
because mommy didn't have any way of living from then on. She was a widow, no husband, and this was her only son, which means the only means huh, of having anything on the table. And Jesus stopped. See, Jesus didn't say, now see, God is teaching her a lesson. <laughs> okay? Because some stupid preacher will go and say something like that. Do you know what he did? This is wrong. We're stopping this and we're, we're just changing the course of this story right now. Can you imagine his testimony? I was dead. I'm alive. Okay? Can you imagine her testimony? God heard my prayer. God saw my need. And he did a miracle to bring my son back to me. Who wants to believe in this God? Everybody would have put their hand up that day. <laughs> okay. That's just two. Number three. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? Suffered many things from many physicians who had spent all that she had. And what happened only grew worse. Remember that? When she gets to Jesus, remember she touches his garment and just literally draws the power out of him because he goes, who touched me, <laughs> okay, and gets healed. Can you imagine her testimony? It says that she suffered these things for 12 years. And all the world could do, couldn't help her, just made things worse. And then she got a hold of God and everything changed. Hallelujah. That's a great testimony. Amen. What else do I have? Oh, well, let's, let's finish with this one. Or oh, the man who was born blind, because I want to make a point on this one, <laughs> who Jesus heals. This is in John chapter 9. It goes through quite a few verses. It begins in verse 1 and works its way all the way to about verse 25. But it's, it's, <laughs> the Pharisees are mad because he got healed on the Sabbath day. You don't get healed on the Sabbath day. You just stay blind that day. You know, to which Jesus said, uh, while you guys are having your Sabbath, God's still working. Which made them even more angry. <laughs> because, bless God. All right, that's what happens to religion. It gets upset because it's all about itself. It's not about God and it's not about the individual. It's all about the rules and the regulations and you better keep them or else. And then Jesus just goes and heals him. And I just love this. <laughs> you know, they, they question him and they try to make Jesus, you know, who would do this? That's not a godly person, blah, blah, blah. It's very interesting. We hit verse 25. John chapter 9, verse 25. I've got it here in the New Living Translation. And he's, it's a, this is what he says. He says, I don't know whether he's a sinner. Because they were, they, were, they were accusing him of being a sinner. Because a sinner would heal on the Sabbath day. Hello. Uh, a sinner can't heal. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> okay. And he says, I don't know whether he's a sinner, but he says, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. That's the power of a testimony. He goes, you didn't do anything. He did something. You can carry on about him, but you know what? One minute I was blind. Now I can see. Meh. <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You know that sort of a thing, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's the power of a testimony. It is simple, it is to the point, and you are the authority. Now, I want to make a point here as well. Don't make your testimony too complicated. 25 minutes later, you still haven't got to it. You know, it's like, come on, man, <laughs> we have a life. Okay, <laughs> right? So you need to be quick. You need, you know, I have one of those elevator speeches. You know, God has healed me, God has saved me from this, and God has done some incredible things, blah, 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 you know. And then if they want to know more, they can ask. 
All right. But again, it needs to be crafted by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And, you know, we all have these kind of testimonies where we can say, I was once blind, but now I see. And if you are having difficulty remembering what these testimonies are, ask God. You know, just say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Could you remind me of some of the things that you did in my life? He'll remind you very quickly. Amen. And then, don't stop there. Ask him to help you on how you can share that. So step one, you need to find out what it is. And step two, how do I share it? What's the best way to share it? Because sometimes people will share something the wrong way. Oh, hello. I've heard those ones. And you're thinking, can you keep that one to yourself? Because the way you say it, it doesn't bring any kind of, any, it doesn't help at all. It's going the other direction. So you really need to find those key things that will allow people to very quickly see God's love and God's grace and also that will bring them hope. Amen? Okay. <laughs> so I've said again here, we, we all have these kind of testimonies where, where we say, I was blind, now I see. Keep it short. Amen? They, they might not want to believe it, but that's their choice. This happened. I, I, I'll tell you why I say that. There, there was, you know, I remember this one particular story. I've got to be really quick here. I've got one more thing to, to cover today. You know, this lady who believed in the Lord, husband didn't. And so, you know, she said, she said, if God, she was dying. She said, Charles, let's call him Charles, okay? It's not his name. But say, Charles, if God raises me up from this deathbed, would you believe? And he said, oh, well, I don't know. We'll see. Probably, yeah, maybe. And do you know what, you know what happened, right? <laughs> okay? Right out of a deathbed. Somebody comes, somebody prays. She gets, bang, straight away healed. It's not one of these, took six months to get better. Straight away, she's out of the bed. She goes into his office. And she said, Charles, and he said, I don't want to see this. I don't believe in this. Now, you can't stop that, okay? So don't be discouraged when that happens, but the testimony was there. And he can't say to God, I didn't know you existed. Amen. All right, number six. Last one. Okay, bring them to worship. Now, it's a little bit unusual. Hear me out, okay? This is one of the best ways that you can share your hope with people who are struggling without hope. This is where a church gathering has its benefits. Certain studies have shown that people come to Christ quicker when they do it in the context of a larger group of people rather than through just one-on-one -on -one evangelism. Now, it's not always. Did you hear what I said? Okay. They've just noticed this, all right? Especially when the power and the presence of God permeates the service and all the powers of darkness are being neutralized and there's nothing stopping people from responding to God's overwhelming love calling to them. That's why the worship is so important. And, and thank you. It is so powerful and it brings people to tears. You know, it's very difficult to do that when you're out in the marketplace. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. So you need to know that there is something special. And, you know, this has been years getting here. We couldn't find people who were anointed, so we just made some. Thank you, Pastor Verity. Okay. So, <laughs> no, see, you know God said that to me one time? 
Because we were trying to just, you know, get people in here and just hire whoever and whatever when we first started. And God just said, it, no, they're going to come from you. They need to be special. They need to come from kind of a priestly line, so to speak. And he said, they will come. I said, God, that's a long time, man. <laughs> okay, I complained. No, 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 come on, man. I was like, you know, let's get this going. Where's my two-year plan? Where's my five-year plan? I can't wait a 20-year plan. This is crazy. We're starting in 20 years. Jesus said, you know, I had to wait 30. I said, yeah, you're different. <laughs> anyway, no, <laughs> you know, we're stupid. Huh? I'm, you know, okay, okay. All right, so anyway, but God actually said this to me. And I look around now and I see that we're here and we're ready to launch into the next season now. It's taken a long time to get here. The roots have gone down. We will not be shaken. Amen. You know, when I first started, I didn't know what I believed. Today, you can't get me off of the thing. Hey, I'll say to you, you believe what you want, but I know what I know. I know what I know. Okay. So we're there now. Praise God. So I'm very excited what's going to happen next. Uh, where was I? I got, <laughs> I told you, okay. All right. So, <laughs> yes. So I've said here again, this works especially well after you've taken the time to be a blessing to people. Okay, you serve them and listen to their hurts and have prayed over their unmet needs and so on. And they are ready for more. All right, the best thing, uh, this is the best time to bring them to church, especially if you don't have the courage or are finding it difficult to lead them to Christ by yourself. You know, sometimes you can be a great witness, but you just, mm, every time you open your mouth, nothing comes out. I mean, it's to do with, you know, uh, you know sort of introducing them to the Lord. Uh, you know what I'm trying to say? I told you, I'll deal with everybody, Okay. So I'm just letting you know, if you're having trouble, then this is what you do. You do the best you can and then bring them to church. Let God do the rest in here, <laughs> okay? We're here, we'll do something, all right? Because usually when they walk into a service, even though they may have their doubts in the beginning, when they see people loving and worshiping God with all of their heart and believing the same thing and also being ministered to by God in different ways, it'll get them thinking, maybe there's something to this. I know I thought that when I first, okay? And they can't all be wrong. Because you see something happening. And it's real. <clears throat> that is what, what's called a corporate witness. And it has enormous emotional and spiritual power. And why the Lord wants us to bring people into his church and his family. And into his presence in the worship services. Alright, so he can love them and minister to them in a way they have never experienced before. It will be something that will just blow their mind. And they'll be standing there going, wow, something is going on, I don't know what it is. Amen? I'm talking from experience. It is interesting that in Luke chapter 14, I'm sorry we're going a little bit over. I have to finish this today. Okay. In Luke chapter 14 and verse 23, Jesus says from the New Revised Standard Version, listen, he says, go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. Jesus wants his house filled. Amen. Because the less out there, the less going to hell. All right. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 
One of the other versions translates, translates him saying, go into the streets and everywhere else and invite anyone you find to come with you so that my house, house will be full. Notice that God wants his house full. He wants everybody saved. And why the apostle Paul said in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, of God our Savior, who desires all men and women okay, to be saved. He desires everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It is God's desire that people aren't left in the dark, aren't left in lies. Amen? But it's up to you to bring them as the Lord leads. Please don't bring them because you feel guilty. As the Lord leads, then say, why don't you come with me? You know, they can only say no. And if they come here and we do a bad job, that's not on you. Sorry. <laughs> okay? But if, you bring, if they bring them here and they, God just touches their heart, they will be thanking you forever. Hmm? I've said it's up to you to bring them as the Lord leads and watch God move on them and do a miracle in their lives. In Psalm 40 and verse 3, it says in the New Living Translation, I'm going to combine that and the New Century Version for clarity. It says, many will see, this is Psalm 40 verse 3, it says, many will see what God has done. Don't put it up because it's going to confuse people, I think. Just listen. It says, many will see what God has done and be astounded and worship Him. Then they will put their trust in the Lord. I really like that. See, as people see and they go, wow, something is going on here. And they say, maybe I should trust God. Maybe I should say yes. Amen? Mm. This verse works <laughs> yep. for both the Christian and the pre-Christian. I like to call them pre-Christians. Alike, we're almost done. All right. As people see what God is doing in their lives, or in the lives of people around them, it causes them to become hopeful and be encouraged and want to even believe in miracles. If they see something, they'll go, maybe this is possible for me. Maybe this impossible situation, God can actually change. Oh, hallelujah. This then leads them to worship God, put their trust in Him, and in the case of pre-Christians, even receive salvation. This is why the first church in Jerusalem actually grew, I don't know if you know this, to over 100,000 members in less than 20 years. That's a big church. Talk about megachurches today. Oh, no, this is massive. Because the worship was there. And everybody was bringing their friends to the temple. With Acts chapter 2 and verse 47, and we'll finish with this, this verse, from the message translation, it says, As they worshipped God, People in the community liked what they saw. And as a result, every day their number grew as God added those who were being saved. I think that says it all. Yeah. Amen. They liked what they saw. And they came to God. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Father, we thank you that we want to be good witnesses. We want to be good letters. <laughs> we, want to be, we want to be good listeners as well. And Father, we want to do everything that makes you happy at the end of the day because you do so much to make us happy. And we just thank you, Father, that you, don't, you really don't ask a lot from us. You give so much to us and ask so little from us. And I thank you, Father, that we don't waste opportunities when they cross our path. That when we are led by the Spirit, when the anointing is there, when the grace is there, 
that we have the boldness to say the things that we need to say. Not to try to get people saved or anything, but just to let them know that we're there if they need help, if they need prayer, if they just need someone to talk to. Hallelujah. And we just thank you, Father, that as we walk this out, that people will come to you, Lord, come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and we thank you, Father, that is the greatest gift that we can give anyone. It's you. Hallelujah. And that we love people enough to take the time to do what we need to do to bring them to you. Help us in this, Lord. We want to do it in the power of the Spirit, not in the flesh. And we want all the glory to go to you. In your name, in Jesus' name we pray this, Lord. Amen.